How's it going, everybody? I'm AJ, and today I'm going to be ranting about the 2018 horror film, Look Away. I knew nothing about this movie. I was scrolling through Amazon, and I have an HBO subscription on there, and under movies you would probably like, I saw Look Away. Had a picture of a girl looking at a, her reflection in the mirror, and the mirror looked all sinister. So I'm like, all right, could be fun, could be dumb. Didn't look at the runtime, but I'll get to that later. The movie stars India Isley, and I'm unfamiliar with her. Apparently, according to her credits, she was in Underworld Awakening back in 2012. And a show or a movie? What is this? A movie called Kite. Again, never heard of it. But the one thing I did see her in, didn't realize I saw her in, was The Secret Life of an American Teenager. I saw the show in passing, didn't actually watch it, but she was the younger sister in that show. It also stars Jason Isaacs, which is a great actor. He's in a lot of stuff from Harry Potter, The Patriot, Black Hawk Down. He was he does a lot of voice work as well. He was in the Superman Red Sun animated film. He's been on a couple episodes of Robot Chicken. He pops up a lot. Actually, oh wait, I'm gonna, I gotta look something up real quick. I think he played Clark Devlin. In the tuxedo. Let me make sure it is actually him. And it is him. Yeah. The tuxedo is one of those movies that I just, I saw so much as a kid in 2002. Yeah. Look at that. Anyway, back to the point. So the film was directed by Asaph Bernstein. I'm sure I'm saying the name wrong. Haven't seen any of this guy's other stuff. He did, uh, I guess they did redid the warrior. Oh no. It's called warrior. Back in, in 2019, he directed one episode of it. Didn't see it. The Debt. Uh, okay, I, I'm completely unfamiliar with this dude. So basically, coming in, I was as blind as I can possibly be. And the story is about this girl named Maria, who is a social outcast at her high school. This like super uppity, upper state New York, actually, high school, where they straight up have pr like a prom at a skating rink. And so... She's a social outcast. There's a bully. There's not a lot of characters in this movie, but mom, dad, who you get the sense that dad is the control, like the dictator of the family. He controls everything. Mom is kind of the, you know, beaten woman who is just desperately wants her husband's attention. And our main character has a best friend and you get the tone that the best friend kind of resents being friends with her, the best friend is, I need to actually look this up so I can speak intelligently, intelligently about it. Her name, her character's name is Lily, played by Penelope Mitchell. The bully's name is Mark, played by John C. McDonald. And I got to give them credit. And I'm also going to apologize to John C. McDonald. Dude has a punchable face. So they did a great job picking him as the bully because I wanted to hit him the entire time. <laughs> So, and then there's the boyfriend that of the best friend who the, our main character secretly has a crush on played by Harrison Gilbertson. I recognize him from the Netflix in the tall grass movie, uh, his character's name, Sean. So not a lot of characters in this film. And basically for the first bit of the movie, it's establishing how unhappy Maria is at home between her dad saying, come on, fix yourself up a little bit. You look terrible right now. Best foot forward kind of thing. And basically the first chunk of the movie regarding the dad is he's the dad at the dinner table. So the camera shot sh like is straight onto him. And then to the left and right, you have the mom and the daughter. And basically the mom's like, sweetie, maybe you should 
you should go to prom. And she's like, no, mom, I'm not going to prom. And the dad's like, oh, you're going to hear your mom out kind of thing. So that happens. And one night Maria is, let's just say in the bathroom, I'll get to that later, in the bathroom and her reflection comes to life. So her reflection is not behaving as reflections should. And so it's kind of doing its own thing. And she freaks out, runs away. Next morning, she's like, dad, there's a, and of course, dad says, you should put on makeup kind of crap and blows off his daughter's concern the movie goes on and just she gets bullied more her best friend is like really rubbing in her face how much he loves being with this dude the guy that our main character has a crush on and apparently our main character doesn't know how to skate and again i mentioned the prom is going to be at a skate rink so she asks her best friend to teach her how to skate so they go out to this far out abandoned skate rink where she's able to practice and the friend is it's really weird, and again, I'll get to that later, but it, it gets weird because she leaves her on the ice and just goes off and skates on her own because, again, our main character doesn't know how to skate. So things go from there, and eventually it gets to the tipping point where our main character looks in the mirror and is like, I'm unhappy, I don't know what to do, and her reflection is presenting itself as more and more evil, or let's say more bold, and she's like, I can take care of all this for you. You just got to switch places with me. And so our main character is like, okay. So she tries once, gets interrupted, but eventually she does come back and switches places with the mirror version of herself. So again, our main character's name is Maria and her reflection's name is Aram, which is Maria backwards. I will get to that later. (laughs) So as soon as the switch happens, Aram starts sashaying around her house and is like okay i'm gonna wreck havoc now and just like all imprisoned reflection evil doppelgangers want to do is she goes to high school the next day and basically what happens is she goes and starts to try to right all of the wrongs in maria's life starting with the bully so the next day she goes to the school and gets into the bully's head and I'll get to that in a minute. I know it sucks. I keep saying, oh, I'll get to that later. I'll get to that later. Well, it's for a lot of reasons. I just, I, I need you guys to, if you haven't seen the movie, I need you to kind of get what happens here. That way, well, my complaints and my praises will make sense later. So one by one, Aram starts to kill the people that wronged her. Sort of. So she... At the school there, the the bully is on a hockey team and also the guy she likes is on a hockey team. So he, she's there at the practice and after the practice, he fought, the bully follows her into the locker room because he sees her go in there and he's like, you're dead. Goes in there, hears a shower running and it's, it's hinted and stuff that he actually has a crush on her and he's supposed to be like the boy who pulls the pretty girl's pigtails kind of thing, but way, way beyond that. So goes into the shower because he hears the shower running and all of a sudden he gets knocked to the ground with a hockey stick and his knee gets broken by Aram. And that exit the bully. We don't see him again the rest of the movie. So yeah, she even goes, Aram's like, like practices skating and then takes her friend out to the skate rink and pretends like she can't skate and then starts skating. And then the two have like a game of horse kind of on a, it's This is absolutely coming up later. And it gets to the point where Aram is chasing her friend 
on the skating ring. They're both still on skates. And so they're skating. I say chasing. Basically, they're just going around the skating ring really, really fast. And eventually her best friend slips and smacks her like slides into the walls, breaking her neck or back or something dies. So Aram calls the cops. Cops investigate kind of. So there's a very, very minor, let's even call it C plot of the cops investigating the murder. And so with her out of the way, Aram's able to start pursuing her crush. That is the, her best friend's boyfriend. So they're both unquote mourning over her best friend. And she goes over one night and they, she seduces him. They end up being together and they start doing it everywhere, even at home. And so another bit of plot is uh, our main character's dad is a plastic surgeon, apparently successful because big practice, beautiful house. It's clear that he's cheating on her mom with a patient, which couldn't be any more in your face about it, but he's cheating on her. So Aram tries to let the mom know by getting both of them, the both the wife and the mistress at his office at the exact same time that happens. And the mom just kind of shrugs it off and like stress eats dinner with her daughter that night without the dad. She's like, where's dad? She's like, he's working late. She's like, you sure? She goes, yeah, he's working late. And Aram goes, we both know he's not working late. (laughs) And so that's kind of it with the mom. And then, so the, uh, she goes to, Aram goes to a hotel room with her boyfriend and he gets a call from the cops. The cops like, Hey, can you come in? We still have a few more questions for you. And Maria, he goes, yeah, uh, we, we gotta go. And so Maria is like, or Aram's like, no, we're not going to go. And he's like, well, we got to go to the cops. And it kind of, kind of becomes clear that Aram is responsible for her best friend's death. So she takes a bottle and smacks it over dude's head and kills him. He's now dead. So then she goes to her dad's office and it's it's really, really weird. And I'm just going to flat out tell you what happens. She completely strips naked and the dad's like, what are you doing? And she's like, look at me. And he's like, okay, fine. Ew, fine. Okay. Now put on some dang clothes. And she keeps going like, would you still love me if I weren't pretty? And this is a little important because throughout the movie, we've been seeing literally the movie opens with a, a sonogram or a whatever, like a live sonogram is of two twins in a womb. And it keeps cutting to that and it keeps cutting to the mom giving birth and there being some kind of complications because there's just concern and scuffling. It comes out that she, Maria, our main character, is one of two twins And apparently the other twin came out deformed and the dad being the, I guess, perfectionist and very superficial person that he is basically is like, we can't this, we got to go ahead and throw this deformed baby away. And they straight up do. And I'll give the film some credit. They straight up show the, like a baby in the snow getting buried. It's fake baby, but like a baby in the snow movie wise, it's real. And so I'm like, dang, I'll give them credit. That was pretty savage right there. Anyway, so that comes out, which is a big deal and also explains why the mom character is so like broken and submissive to her husband because she's like, I have these nightmares. And he's like, they'll pass. They always pass. She's like, they always come back. And he's like, here's a pill. So 
Maria Aram is naked in the dad's office. And she's like, would you love me if I was deformed? And the dad kind of has like this tiny bit of like withdrawn moment and goes, of course I would, sweetie. And she grabs a scalpel, slices his throat. He dies. Then Aram goes home and like crawls into bed with her mom and kind of cuddles her. And the, I'll give them credit. This is a cool shot. Above the parents' bed is a mirror. Ew, but we'll get there. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's gross. And so they look up in the mirror and they see the reflection. You see the mom kind of like comatose looking at the mirror. Daughter curled up on her, let's say, left side. And a fan, is the ceiling fan's going. And every time the blade passes the camera, it's a quick kind of cutaway to black. And the image flips. And so the daughter's on the other side. I liked that a lot. It was a really cool visual for what this entire movie has basically been and credits roll (laughs) and that's it. All right. I'm going to start with the positive things I liked about this movie. Basically anything with the mirror. There was some really cool stuff they did where Maria was like, she like, it's a fogged up mirror because she just took a shower and she like wipes her hand on it and it's clearing away the fog. And then suddenly, cause the, the mirror is in sync, the reflection is in sync. And then suddenly the image breaks and like the, the reflection behaves independently. It was really cool. They did that a few times in so well, in fact, that I actually was a bit hung up on how they did it from a technical aspect. Cause I'm like, man, that was really good. Cause on one hand it's like, so you could either have the actress repeat the scene identically, which is possible. It's absolutely possible. And that's how a lot of times they do in other movies, they do stuff similar to this, not as the entire concept of the film, but they've done stuff like that before where the reflection behaves independently. But this one was done super, super well. And I, that was my, my favorite scenes of the movie were any scenes where our main actress, our main character was talking to herself in the mirror. That was really, really cool. There's another cool scene where after her best friend dies, she, Marie, like or Aram takes her phone out of her pocket, dials 911 and is able to, in the reflection of the phone, you see Maria, who's now, who's now in like the mirror world screaming because her best friend died. That stuff is really neat. I wish they would have done it even further. And so like in any reflection, I say any, that'd be very ambitious, but that's why I would really appreciate that. Have the mirror version of the character present via reflections throughout the film. That would have been really, really cool if it was more subtle than literally like looking at the phone and you see the camera focus and lingers on the reflection. That stuff would be really neat. I mean, other than that, I mean, the the lead performance by our main character played by India Isley. She's very, very talented. I think she's a great actress. She could do good things, I think, with good material. I found the the transformation from Maria to Aram a little initially on the nose, where you have the very withdrawn, which I feel like it's expected that the social outcast version of the character is, you know, arms crossed, very, you know, kind of like hugging herself, hair covering her face, very withdrawn. And her body language is very nervous. And then when she switches with Aram and Aram become like basically takes over 
she literally starts like swaying her hips as she's walking down the hall and it's like okay that's i get it it's the we've seen it all the time <laughs> literally steve urkel and stefan type of character transformation where it's just you take the the balance from one end and just throw it on the other end initially i didn't care for that but it became better and i think india's ability to go back and forth between sad sympathetic uh desirable and like angry and stuff it's her her wheel of emotion her spectrum of emotion she's able to do well when she's being a little bit more subtle about it again i don't think that's necessarily her fault i think it was the writer and director which i'm going to get to that in a minute so that was kind of all the good i had to say about the movie the dad's performance as a horrible, horrible character we're supposed to hate is very well done. He is very, very horrible that I hated. The mom's performance was underutilized and she was pretty good anytime she was on screen. The way she was able to seem like her mind was elsewhere. And I don't know, it was kind of like something would happen and her body would kind of take a half a second to react. Very well performed. Okay, on to the bad. As I mentioned when I first started talking about this movie, didn't look at the runtime. This bad boy is an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah, that is way too long for this kind of movie. I think it needed to be a tight hour and a half, maybe even hour 20. Because beyond the concept of super social outcast girl becomes evil, her reflection if that's even the uh, the take you want to have on this film, which I can talk about that switches. And so now all the bullies, it's very carry in that regard. Now all the bullies are going to pay. That is not almost two hours worth of plot. Especially when the characters are very one dimensional, which I'm going to talk about right now. The characters are very face value, not a lot of depth to any character. Maria is social outcast. She's that that's it. Social outcast. And then Aram is outgoing and seductive and evil. That's it. The dad is evil, period. Mom is basically a sleeping pill. That's it. And her best friend is the two-faced mean girl. The boyfriend is the good guy, is the only good quote character in the movie. The bully is a bully. There's no nuance to any of these characters i think the characters are very poorly written which sucks because you were with them for nearly two hours i didn't care for any of the characters i thought all of them were cliche the i don't okay so to be fair i was not i was not and i didn't see any bullies ever in my life behaving like this i'm not doubting that they exist but i think having a bully with no redeeming qualities who literally like pushes and trips and all this stuff to our main character and the whole like I'm gonna kill you kind of bullying where even I feel like even his friends because he has friends in this movie would be like well that's not that's not bullying that's just assault that's not fun and to me I'd never understood I've never seen in my life one person be unanimously agree like a unanimous agreement to just ruin this person's existence you're telling me that not one to two people were like hey 
don't drag this girl across in her prom dress across the skating rink in front of the entire ever well, say entire school, the entire prom population. Don't do that. Everyone does. It's the class or cliche classic scene where the bullying happens and everyone is like slow-mo pointing and laughing and our main character storms off out of embarrassment. We've seen it a thousand times. Completely over it. I think the cliche characters are really, really bad. Another complaint I said I'd address is like what goes on in the bathroom. This movie is ostensibly a coming of age story. It's this girl's last year in high school and the dad even makes it a point in dialogue to say you're about to be 18 soon. And that's what makes a lot of what I'm about to say creepy. The nudity in this movie is egregious. It doesn't further the plot short of maybe the last scene where she gets naked in front of her dad, which is gross, but that's kind of the point. Everything else, like there's literally a scene of her diddling herself in the bathroom and that's the first time she sees her reflection move. On one hand, it's like she's a teenager. That's what teenagers do. But at the same time, it's like, but this didn't serve a purpose. It doesn't do anything for our character. Doesn't make us think any differently of her. Uh, egregious. And then there's like a scene of there's a lot of scenes of her in the bath and the shower. Completely egregious. There's no reason for it, which sucks because it's like it takes up so much time. And again, what makes it even worse is this chick is technically in in real life. She's my age. She's like 26. But in the film, it's explained that she's only 17 and will turn 18 through later. So that's really gross so I didn't care for a lot of the nudity there's sex scenes in it where I'm not dogging that and I'm not saying the movie shouldn't have scenes like that but I think the scene should serve a purpose and it just seemed really gross when you make it a point to say this girl's underage and then let's see her naked didn't care for that I think the atmosphere it's supposed to be a horror movie I think the atmosphere could have been more horror the there's a few moments that the horror comes out in scenes I didn't expect So I didn't realize something really cool that I didn't realize would be really scary is just character turned around. We've seen it a lot in in horror movies where jump scare happens, but there was no context of why the scene should be scary. The one I'm thinking in my head is when she goes to her will be boyfriend, but her her uh, best friend's boyfriend's house the night of the best friend's funeral or memorial, whatever that is. And she's trying to seduce him. And so she's like, He's sitting in a chair. She's sitting on the floor, maybe two or three feet in front of in front of him, facing away. So we just see the back of her head, and it's scary for some reason. I don't. I couldn't put my finger on it, but I remember there being a a tone of eeriness, and so I'm like, huh, didn't think I'd be scared right here. So that was really neat. But the film doesn't commit to that tone throughout the entire movie. I didn't think that the movie was scary by the end of it. I think the movie really had an idea of let's have a cool scene where with the mirror misbehaving, with the reflection misbehaving, and what if your evil reflection were to take over your take over your life and nothing beyond that. Because the and this could have been a good, but I'm calling it a bad. The switch, the freaky Friday switch between our main character and her evil reflection happens like right in the halfway point. <laughs> This is basically a two-hour movie, and after about an hour, Maria switches with Aram, and 
I was excited initially because I'm like, oh, we're nice. Usually this happens, you know, think Carrie where the bullies get their comeuppance in like the third act. But instead, this is the halfway point. Kind of cool. No, because now we're just stuck with this unlikable character for the rest of the movie. So didn't care for that. Something else that I didn't like was what happened to the bully? She she lures him into the the shower in the locker room, breaks his knee, puts her finger up to his lips and says, shh, never see him again. I'm not sure if that's supposed to we're supposed to infer that she kills him or what, but we straight up never see dude again. And so I'm just like, okay, am I just supposed to accept the dude is dead or what? So didn't care for that. Something else that's really dumb. This is a bit nitpicky, but the best friend, again, these are rich kids. It's a rich school. It's a preppy school. There's a scene where her best friend pulls up in a brand new car and this is upstate New York during winter. There's literally snow all over the ground. And the best friend's like, this is my blah, 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 supercharged, have a black car. And she drops the top of the car and they start driving off. And I'm just like, well, that's, that's dumb. No real thoughts beyond that. Just dumb. And finally, the big problem I had with this movie is that I don't believe it ultimately had a reason to exist. I'm okay with different endings evil prevailing, good guy prevailing, ambiguous ending. This movie is ambiguous without there trying to be a message because the end scene shows Maria and, or Aram, blah, 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 in bed with the mom. And with the, again, I mentioned with the fan rotating and cutting back and forth, showing that Aram on left side, Aram on right side or Maria, whichever, I don't believe that ending is supposed to be anything other than cool visually because I believe there are ultimately two ways to take this film. You can either go with the literal, which is Maria has a evil reflection and it's, it could be the ghost of her twin or something, but reflection and they literally switch bodies Or you can go with the version I actually prefer, which is Maria just has a mental break and everything she does is her own doing, but under the guise of she finally had enough and snapped. I actually prefer that ending, but the, so basically those are the big two, I'll even call them popular theories because I have looked up other reviews and I feel like people either really love the movie solely based on India's performance or they're kind of like me where they're like, man, there's something good here just buried under an hour and 45 minutes of crap. They all agree that the only real two endings could be Marie, the, like I just mentioned, the literal or the uh, mental break. And the ambiguous ending doesn't feed into that, those theories. In my opinion, a better ending would have been the lingering shot of was this all just in her head? Was this just a poor girl who was bullied with an absolutely horrible home life? Was this finally her just dealing with the situation and snapping? But we don't know that. And that to me is the the unforgivable sin of this movie is not committing to that. 
have your tone, have your message and commit to it. And I don't believe this writer slash director thought hard beyond the initial concept of the reflection. So all in all, I'd give this movie a D. It just goes on and on and on with nothing. And the, frankly, I thought about this. I think I would have preferred the movie without any kills at this point. Maybe the dad, but the kills to me came completely out of nowhere. That goofy, goofy scene of her killing her best friend, kind of, where, and I talked about the, the scene earlier, but I'll go into a little bit of detail here. She is, her best friend is teaching her how to skate and she's like, all of a sudden she like straightens up on the skates and her friend's like, oh, have you been practicing? And her best friend is like a figure skater at the school, I guess, and is able to do like twirls and spins and all that crap. And all of a sudden, Aram is also able to do it. And so like the best friend has this concerned look and sees her best friend do a complicated spin move and in response does another spin move. And then looks at her friend like, now you do it. It's really weird. And the absolute worst part of this entire movie, I'm talking, I, I was watching the movie by myself at like one in the morning and I was like, are you, what? The two stand in silence and then Aram looks at her best friend and starts like sliding forward and the best friend just turns around and just starts skating away in horror in a rink by the way so a giant oval (laughs) and starts chasing her and it is the goofiest thing with no scariness to it and no content no it makes no sense and it would have made it would have made a tiny tiny bit of sense if the best friend would have been like uh aaron what are you doing stay away from me why are you coming closer they say nothing So it goes from them standing in front of each other to she's giving me a serious look and therefore I need to skate, not even away. I just need to skate because they're in a skate rink and so there she's not, she's not going anywhere. So that was just, that was the absolutely the point where I'm like, okay, nothing, nothing can redeem this movie, which my standards became zero at that point and the movie still wasn't able to redeem itself. So I'm going to give this movie a D. I think the shots that involved the the reflection were really, really cool. I think the score was great. Anytime the music, uh, like the scene lingered on too long, I'm like, oh my God, this movie sucks. I'd be like, hey, but the music's pretty cool. That's it. The, the concept is neat. And I mentioned this with my Ma review. There's a good movie buried in this movie somewhere. I think a better writer significantly better director can take this concept and make it something special because we've seen dozens of bullied teenager gets her revenge, his revenge, her revenge, blah, blah, blah story between Carrie, Ginger Snaps, so many Heathers, so many of these movies of like beat up or kill the mean girls and I'm over it. And this wasn't a unique take just besides the like if you get rid of the transition scenes in the bathroom where she became her reflection or whatever, vice versa, it's the same movie we've seen a dozen times. So didn't care for it. Look away. Not a fan of it. If there's a movie you'd like for me to take a look at and check out, let me know by sending me an email at genregeekscast at gmail.com. 
Check out the main cast every Monday at 8.30 Central, twitch.tv slash genre geeks. We shoot the main podcast there. We answer every email, read every email. Check out our Facebook page where we have our dumb poll questions that come up during every podcast. And also check out our Discord channel, which there'll be a link in this description and on our Facebook page where we post our recommendations, our memes. We can be assigned homework from you guys, the viewers. And until next time, bye. Bye.